Nothing great about the day here. It's wonderful weather for a Sunday afternoon. Swelling the crowd even further. And as mentioned, it's by no means one way here, the support. Benfica have a tremendous following. I think that surprises many of us who visit every year for the International Champions Cup, actually, just how well supported they are across the United States. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to episode 28 of Mr. Benfica. I am, of course, your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu. And how is everyone doing this week? That's right, I am back. I know it's been a while. It's been a couple weeks since we've had an episode. Uh, so, as it's been a couple weeks, and we're sitting right now about an hour and 15 minutes away from kickoff in the UEFA Champions League. Um, we're going to go back to the format from last season in this episode, meaning I'm going to be covering two matches uh, in this episode 28, okay? We're going to review the, the the match against Braga at the Pedreira before the international break, what seems like a lifetime ago now, uh, at the end of August. I think it was September 1st, actually, to be exact the date in which they played, and then we'll fast forward to this past weekend's match against Gilles Vicente, alright, so that's going to be the two games we look at tonight, of course we've got some news as usual, and uh, we saw the transfer window uh, come and go, we saw it close, and I've got a few things to say about that, not much happening on the Benfica front, as you can expect and um, then, like I said, we're just going to break down these two matches and get ready um, to get this done in time to go and watch the Champions League match. That's right. Um, not in the office today. Uh, must have to say, uh, I am off today. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, So we're going to get this done, and then we are going to go and watch this match. So uh, there is more content coming, of course, in the coming days. And um, after this episode, you can expect shortly to see a new episode in which I'm going to review the Women's Super Cup match where Benfica were victorious, beating Sporting Braga 1-0 in Tondela to win the Women's Portuguese Super Cup for the first time, obviously, in the club's history as it was the first time that the club participated in the competition um, in only the club's second season. Uh, Portuguese women's team also got the start, uh, got 
the season started in the Liga BPI this past weekend. Talk about that briefly in the news as well. All right. Um, so stay right there, and we'll be on the other side of Reconquista with the news. This is Mr. Benfica. Find me on Twitter at Benfica Mister and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Just go ahead and search in Facebook. Two words, Mr. and Benfica, and you will see my page come up. All right, we'll see you on the other side. Jornada sofrida, a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Quem não vive por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós Carregas sozinho em cada esquina um vizinho Sente o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho O vermelho pinta a Tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica And welcome back to episode 28 It is time for the news as we head into week 6 of the Liga Nage season 2019-2020. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, what's become a theme at Benfica. And it's not just now. It wasn't just last season. It's not just this past four. This seems like this is a theme year after year, regardless of who the coach is, um, regardless of who the players are. Benfica's injury woes continue as Florentino Luiz has been shelved for possible four to five weeks. Uh, with a meniscus injury suffered against Braga uh, in the match that we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. And uh, he is out, like I said, for four to five weeks. And we also have an injury to Carlos Vinicius, who was injured in a training match against Istoril Praia during the international break, adding to the list of injured players such as Gabriel and and uh, David Tavares, but speaking of David Tavares, he has been activated, it looks like he was called into the squad, made the, the convocados, if you will, the, the, the squad list for the Champions League match with 
RB Leipzig that's about to kick off in a little over an hour. Um, he's in the squad list at least, um, so he has been reactivated. Um, much needed relief for Benfica's midfield as it is getting very, very thin there in the midfield uh, for Benfica as injury woes just continue for this club. David Tavares, of course, was injured back in the Jogue da Presentação, the unveiling game, the presentation game against um, Anderlecht back in July also was the game in which we celebrated uh, the career of none other than Jonas Gonçalves Oliveira, better known by us as simply Jonas, the number 10, and as you see, no player in Benfica wearing the number 10 this season. Um, the transfer window has come and gone. It has closed, and uh, nothing doing for the first team. Nobody really in, nobody out. Um, Fejas, Cervi, and Zivkovic all still at Benfica, and no, no center mid, no right back. None of the positions we needed um, some depth at were, were uh, reinforced during this break. Uh, and during this window. Uh, in women's football, briefly, we'll touch on that. Benfica win the Super Cup. This will be the theme of an uh, upcoming podcast um, in the next couple of days. I will review this match. Benfica, of course, victorious 1-0 at the Stadio João Cardoso in Tondela, beating the cha defending champion Sporting Braga 1-0 on a goal from Pauleta. A absolutely wonder strike. If you haven't seen it yet, do yourself a favor. Go to go to YouTube, Google, and um, excuse me. Go to YouTube, search Pauleta, just like the former Portugal player spelled it, spelled the name Pauleta goal, Super Cup or Pauleta goal versus Braga. This was a wonder strike, absolutely fantastic goal from the Galician midfielder that represents Sport Lisboa Benfica, um, and the women also got their Liga BPE season underway. That's the Portuguese First Division. They debuted in the First Division this past Sunday with a 24-0 thrashing of Adus Francos, the team from, of course, very close to my neck of the woods, the team from the Conselho de Caldas de Rainha, just on the southern edge of the Conselho near Bombajal. Um, and Benfica put 24 goals in, in, in the goal. Uh, naturally, Benfica top of the table after week one in the Liga BPE. Um, other notable scores was uh, Sporting's women's team beat Braga 2-1. And um, so Benfica and, and Sporting already joint at the top of the table. The two teams will meet. It was announced that in week four, when the two teams meet, the match will be played at the Stadio de Luz. So yes, we will have the first official women's football match ever to be played at the new Stadio de Luz, the the, the, one, the 21st century version of the Stadio de Luz. Remember, the Befica women did play their Jogue de Presentação, their presentation game last year against Deportivo La Coruña in the Stadio de Luz in front of a, in front of a good crowd. However, um, this is the first official match to be played in, in that stadium, and I expect a new Portuguese record crowd for a women's football match in Portugal. Uh, I don't think that's asking much. I think it's it goes without saying with Benfica playing Sporting. Um, back to the transfer window, however, um, and here's what happened with our some of our rivals or with a rival of ours. Um, the ongoing 
saga in soap opera, telenovela, if you will, in Portuguese football. Will he stay or will he go? Bruno Fernandes, still a sporting player, and that resulted in a fire sale at Alvalade on the other side of the Segundo Circular. Um, Thierry Correa, Rafinha, just to name a few, were sold, as was Baz Dost, um, a much different looking and, I'll be honest, weaker sporting team now on the field around Bruno Fernandes. It seems like things are kind of <laughs> are kind of collapsing for that club and good for them. <laughs> they have gone and brought in a former Real Madrid star, Jesse Rodriguez, on loan. Um, in addition to bringing in another Brazilian player whose name is escaping me now, who came in from Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, they got off to a great start with their new team this past week in a 1-1 draw at the Bessa against Boavista. And when it came, they were mighty fortunate to get a point from. Um, and the carousel, obviously, with this being the first international break, the coaching carousel has started up and it starts with our rivals in a, in a decision that I kind of disagree with if I were a Sporting fan. But um, once again, our rivals play a little copycat to Benfica or try to try to do what we do as they sack Marcel Kaiser. I should say Kaiser leaves on, on mutual agreement. And let's be honest, why would he want to stay when, um, you know, Three-quarters of his starting lineup uh, was sold off. He's got very little left to work with other than Bruno Fernandes. So he leaves the club on mutual agreement. And the Lions have appointed U23 coach Lionel Ponch as the new head coach in the spirit of Benfica <laughs> appointing Bruno Lage a year ago. And, um, well, you know, the... <laughs> The, the chances of promoting from within and, and getting a Brunelage type of coach, a Brunelage um, type of performance, is very, very unlikely. I understand why they made the decision. You know, they're hurting for money. Um, you know, they've got, they've got bills that are due. They've got loans that have to be paid back. They've borrowed all kinds of money. Bruno Carvalho, I know this isn't the sporting uh, podcast, but Bruno Carvalho, crippled that club with with uh, liens and loans and and trying to build a team to win win a championship which it could not and obviously bringing in JJ for all that money um, and now Varandas is stuck with the mess that and he has to clean it up and I'm not obviously a fan of Varandas not a fan of Sporting in any way but I think it's as a outsider it's very interesting to watch this soap opera this telenovela if you will at Alvalade just continue to play out as things just one thing after another seems to go against that club. Um, so Kaiser has left. He's been replaced, like I said, by Lionel Ponch. Also, the team from <laughs> that calls themselves Bolognese, they don't actually have a home city. They don't even have a home or a club for that matter. Code City, as we call them, they sacked Silas in a what I think is an absolutely idiotic move, um, a fantastic coach who really made, uh, I'm gonna, I don't normally curse, but pardon my, my language, but he made chicken soup out of chicken shit for that club, um, that club is, is a joke, really, and also trying to copycat 
the Befica way by appointing their U23 coach, Pedro Ribeiro, as the first-team manager. However, they had a better start to this new era with a victory on the road in Madeira over Maritimo and Nunumanta. Um, and Nunumanta, he's going to be under pressure now, um, as is, is Sapinto at, at Braga. I mean, he... Four points, 16th place. Yes, he got him into the group stage of the Europa League. However, uh, he's got to be up against the wall. And I think one more and and we're going to see the end of Sapinto at at Sporting Braga. Does not look good for him there. Um, And lastly, Philippe Rocha was sacked at Passos de Ferreira. Of course, Passos are at the bottom of the table. He was replaced by former Tondela boss and former Benfica bit and Benfica player Peppa. And that's the news for this week. So let's get right in to the match against Sporting Braga. We're going back to September the 1st at the Pedreira. Remember, Braga come in on the backs of having qualified for the group stage of the Europa League after a 2-1 victory in the Leguint, in the in um in Moscow over Spartak. Moscow. We'll be right back on the other side. I am the Mr. Mike Agustino, and follow me, of course, on Twitter at Mr. Be- at Benfica Mr. Excuse me, and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Search for me on Facebook, Mr. Benfica. Two different, two separate words. Hit the search button, and the account will come up, and we'll catch you on the other side as we get in to round four. Braga Benfica here on. Mr. Benfica, episode 28. Stay right there.
Estádio Municipal de Braga, better known as the Pedreira. We're in the north of Portugal, in the Minho region, the city of Braga. Braga versus Benfica in front of what could have been a much better crowd of 15,499. Of course, many, many empty seats as Braga decided to jack up the prices and try to exploit Benficistas like everyone else does, but... Um, I think good job. Well done to the Benficistas that did not go. Um, yes, we want to support our club, but the 93 euro tickets is absolutely absurd for a club like Braga. Um, when clearly there isn't a market for, for a ticket that high. Um, and the fans showed that. So um, I'm hopeful Benfica will uh, charge the Braga fans 93 euros uh, when they try to come to Estadio de Luz in the second half of the season. Probably won't happen. And uh, Braga won't bring anybody, I don't think, to Lisbon for 93 euros or for or once their allotment. Um, interesting to to know Braga allots fewer tickets to Benfica than to any other visiting team, or at least in the big three um, in Portugal. And uh, therefore, a lot of empty seats, an entire um, empty top top row, with the exception of one corner of Benfica fans. Um, like I said. 15,499 at the Pedreira, and in the second minute, we're going to get right into it because we've got two games to review this week, so uh, we're going to kind of fly through this second minute, an attempt missed by Adel Tarapt as he attempts a right-footed effort, and I should probably go into the lineups first before I say that. My apologies, let's get into the lineups first, beginning with the host side, Sporting Braga, like we just said. Coming off a 2-1 victory in Russia over Spartak to qualify for the group stage of the Europa League. Uh, in gold, Mateusz, the backline, Ricardo Isgayu, Bruno Viana, Lukas, and Sequeira in the midfield. You had João Novai, João Palhinha, and the two Orta brothers. Andre and Ricardo. Up front, you got Wenderson and Hassan. Benfica in their normal 4-4-2, starting with Odi in goal. Andre Almeida, Ruben Diaz, Ferro and Grimaldo across the back. Pizzi, Tino, Tarapt and Rafa in midfield with the usual uh, strike pairing of Seferovic and RDT. Uh, Raul de Tomas, of course, and much criticized. Uh, this, is, this is becoming... A lot of people's biggest criticism so far of Bruno Lage is he insists on continuing with Seferovic and RDT as the strike partner. It's something that the rest of us see isn't working. But the manager continues to double down on this bet. Continues to He either continues to believe in these guys and believe and he's seeing... He must be seeing evidence in training that, that this is coming around and this is going to work. Or his hand is just being forced by somebody else. I, I'm skeptical. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, knowing what I know and what little I know, I don't know a lot when it comes to these things. But what I've been told by people um, who've been there, from people who've, <laughs> who've been close to these situations, it's not always the manager selecting the team. And there could be somebody, there could be a heavy hand um, kind of forcing Bruno Lage on this one. Not sure. We'll see how this plays out. However... Um, Benfica, remember, are coming off a loss at home to Football Club do Porto. So very much a must-win game already in round four uh, on the road at Braga. And like I had already said, the first 
attempt in the second minute. Adelta Rapt had a right-footed effort that was wide to the right side of of Matouche as the the Moroccan misses on his um, on his debut start, if you will. Although he did start a game last season at Fedens, it's his first start this season for Benfica. Andre Almeida in the tenth minute um, would concede a corner kick, but on the ensuing corner, Bruno Viana will foul Tarapt and no harm done. 12th minute, Andre Almeida handles the ball and commits a and, and concedes, excuse me, a dangerous free kick, but it is squandered by the Guerreiros. Uh, 16th minute, Seferovic's header from the center of the box goes wide to the left of the goal as the Swiss, con the defending golden boot winner, um, or reigning golden boot winner, I should say, uh, continues to look to to hit the score sheet. He's got just one goal at this point in the season. Uh, 19th minute, RDT's right-footed effort is saved in the bottom right corner by Mateusz. A good effort from, from the Spaniard, but Mateusz is up to the challenge. He makes a nice save in the lower right corner of his goal. 22nd minute, Tino receives the ball in the area. Flips it up over his opponent, and Hassan foolishly tries to win the ball with his foot up in the air. Catches Tino in the face. Florentino Luis down, holding his face after taking a boot to the face. Referee points to the spot, and it is a 24th, uh, 22nd minute penalty to Benfica. And Pizzi steps up in the 24th and converts it as he runs up, does his run up, does the stutter step. Mateusz guesses to his right. Pizzi sends it to the keeper's left. Benfica on the board as um, Pizzi adds to his goal, totally for the goal tally for the season. And it is 1-0 on the road. And a biggie, a leave you, if you will, for the Benfica Nation at that point as the first one is on the board. And, um, and now it's going to force Braga to come out and play if they're going to go after a result in this one. Uh, 33rd minute, Pizzi again, an attempt from the left side of the penalty area, but it's right at Mateusz for an easy save. 37th minute, it's Raul de Tomas, RDT, gives it a go from distance um, outside the box, but it is too high to trouble Mateusz. 42nd minute, it is Seferovic, left-footed effort, but he misses wide. 45th minute now, and Tarapt fouls. João Palinha, and he is shown a yellow card. Now, Tarapt playing well, but this Tarapt is kind of a double-edged sword in that he is perhaps the best passer of the ball on this entire roster, and he has shown that in the minutes he's played. But he's also a very big risk-taker. His passes seem to come within centimeters of being intercepted and coming back the other way on a dangerous counter and he also is a, defensively he is a I've said it he's a, a little bit of a liability his positioning is not great um, he works very very hard covers a lot of space but but often caught out of position and he is prone to these kind of fouls and these kind of yellow cards and um, the, the half will close on that yellow card as we go into the locker room Braga nil Benfica one Braga will make two substitutions at the half Murillo enters for Wenderson, and Benfica youth product Rui Font comes on for Hassan. 
46th minute, however, it's Peasy getting on the end of an Andre Almeida cross, and he fires a left-footed shot to the bottom right corner of the goal. Mateusz can do nothing to keep it out. It's 2-0 to Benfica, and Peasy celebrates with the Benfica fans um, as he scores another one on his former club, and the club really where he played his youth football. Um, interestingly enough, he does celebrate these goals against Braga, unlike Rafa, who very... In a in a show of great class last year, did not re, did not celebrate his wonder goal against this very same Braga team. It's two 0 to Benfica, and five minutes later, it is Bruno Viana accidentally putting it past his own goalkeeper and into the goal. It's now three 0 to Benfica on an own goal, and the ceiling is absolutely crashing in for Braga as they continue to struggle in the Liga this season. 55th minute, however, Murillo fires a left-footed shot outside the box, and it is fantastically saved by Odie, who parries it up and over the bar. The ensuing corner finds its way back to Murillo. He will fire another left-footed effort, this time just wide to the right of the goal. 59th minute, RDT sees his left-footed effort saved in the bottom left corner by Matouche. And Bruno Lage will go to the bench in the 67th minute for his first substitution of the match. And it is João Felipe, better known as Jota, entering the match for Raul de Tomas for RDT. And Braga will also make a substitution as Portugal U20 and U21 international. Trincão comes on for former Benfica player André Horta. Um, and the 72nd minute... It is the Nazareno, the native of Nazaré, Portugal, not very far either from, from of course, uh, my my location that I love so much, not that far from the Caldas Obidos region, just a uh, 20 minutes or so, the beautiful city on the sea of Nazaré, Ishgayu puts it into his own goal, it's 4-0 to Benfica, the second own goal of the match, you cannot... Um, Despite some have tried, you cannot accuse, you know, you cannot make the point that the Braga are helping Befica or laying dead or abrindo as pernas, as some people say. Isgayo um, is a, a lagarto through and through. There is no way he would do that on purpose to help Befica. I'm sorry. Um, but Isgayo puts it in his own goal. It's 4 0. And Befica look ready to cruise to three points. In the Liga, in the 74th minute, Bruno Lage again goes to the bench. And Caio Lucas enters the match. He replaces Pizzi, the goal scorer. Um, after, obviously, having a double um, in this match, Pizzi. And a minute later, it would be another substitution for Benfica. Carlos Vinicius, the Brazilian, will come on and replace Seferovic as the Swiss comes off. Um, another frustrating game for both of the strike, uh, the strike partners uh, for Benfica up front. Again, no goals from the forwards. 77th minute. Cicada will see yellow for Braga on a bad foul on Rafa. The return of Casa Rafa, if you will, hunting Rafa. Um, 81st minute. Trincon gets on the end of a skate across, but the header is blocked by Ferru. Ferro would go down, however, and uh, need to be tended to. 84th minute, Ricardo Horta with a right-footed shot, but that's blocked. 
by Benfica, 84th still. João Novaes has his right-footed effort saved by Odie. And Trincão would go on to miss two more chances in the 86th and 87th minutes, respectfully. Respectively, I should say. And the match will come to an end as the referee blows the whistle for full time. Braga nil, Benfica 4. Let's go to the stats for this matchup. Uh, possession would go slightly in Benfica's edge, 51% to 49. Total shots, 11 apiece for the two squads. Clear chances, 3 to Benfica, 2 to Braga. Accurate passes, Braga with 361 accurate passes to Benfica's 393, but Braga with a slightly higher success rate of 83%, while Benfica 82% successful with those passes. Braga, 11 fouls to Benfica's 15 Four corners for Braga, five for Benfica, 102 duels in this match, duels if you will, and 49 duels won by Braga, 53 to Benfica, so a slight edge for Benfica in that very important category in my in my um, opinion that that statistic is one of the more important ones. Uh, two yellow cards to Braga, one to Benfica, Odie with three saves, Mateus, uh, sorry, Odie with two saves, Mateus with three. Let's go to the goal point ratings for this match. All right, we'll start with Braga. A 5.6 uh, for Mateus in goal. Isgaio, 4.5. Lukic, 4.1. Bruno Viana with a with a 3.9. Skeda was Braga's top-rated player with a 6.5. Wenderson, 4.8. João Nuvaj, 5.9. João Palhinha, 4.7. André Horta, 4.9. Ricardo Horta, 6.0. Um, and Hassan with a team low and a match low, 3.5. The substitutes did get a rating. They were on long enough to be rated. As Trincon picked up a 4.9, Rui Font 4.5, and Murilo 5.3. Now for the winning side, Benfica Odi 5.4. Andre Almeida also with a 5.4. The center back pairing had a good uh, match for themselves as Ruben Diaz 6.3, Ferro 6.8. And the left back, Grimaldo, 6.1. Pizzi, 7.1. Tinu, 7.8. Tarap, the 5.0. That's right, 5.0. To the Liga Nages, man of the match. I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. And Rafa, 7.3. Seferovic, 5.4. RDT, 7.2. Substitutes, Jota, 5.1. Caio Lucas, 5.1. Vinicius, 4.9. So, goal point having... Uh, Florentino as the man of the match, 7.8 despite an injury picked up in that game. I also, in my on, honest assessment, rate Florentino Luigi as the man of the match in this ma in this game. No, I'm not hating on Adele Tarapt, but uh, the Liga Nage uh, selected, or Sport TV, whoever selects the man of the match, they selected Adele Tarapt as the man of the match. And it's interesting enough to see that... Um, the goal point player ratings don't really reflect what Liga Nage Sport TV uh, would have seen in making that selection. And the funny, <laughs> there's a funny thing, I tweeted it and um, you can find it online if you look for it, was as he was being presented with the Man of the Match award, of course, um, the people at Nage, you know, in their perfect professionalism, it said, you know, Mior do Jogo, Man of the Match. And it said number 49. But then it said Bruno Fernandes. I mean, they got Bruno Fernandes on the hype machine so much that they even accidentally put his name under Tarap's face when Tarap was the man of the match that they had selected. 
But, um, listen, I, I have listened to the podcasts, I've read the blogs, I've watched the, the TV shows, I've listened to the discussion. Um, Adel Tarapt is a very, very divisive figure in Befica right now. Half of the fans are on board and think that he is carrying this team and think that he is great. And there's half, the other half um, despise the guy and, um, as Cristiano on the, the Befica podcast is saying, are hating on him. Um, Cristiano, as you all know, is, is Tarap's biggest fan. And I think Maz on uh, Zagiej is the polar opposite. As um, she she does not care for, for Adel Tarap and was not happy with this. And to be honest, I, I just don't see how he was the man of the match. But I, with that said, listen, he plays for Benfica. He wears the Benfica shirt. I want Benfica to win. If that's with him in the field, that's with him in the field. Um, yes, I, I still prefer... Gabriel, but um, I'm, I'm I'm looking ahead into the future, and I'm getting a bad feeling of what uh, I might be seeing once Gabriel is healthy. Is Bruno Lage going to stick with Tarapt over Gabriel? You'll have to keep watching the games to find out, but soon enough we'll have an answer to that question. Either way, um, interestingly enough, um, like we said, goal point had Tino as the man of the match. Um, Fought Mob had Peasy as man of the match, and of course, Liganage gives gives the award to Adele Terapt. All right, and that is that closes the book on Braga zero, Benfica four. Uh, we're gonna take a quick little break. We're gonna pay a bill here, and after this, we will have uh, the review of Benfica Gil Vicente from this past Sunday. Don't go anywhere. I am the Mister Mike Agustino, and this is Mister Benfica. And welcome back to Mr. Benfica. You're listening to episode 28, of course, and I am the host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu. I am on Twitter. Follow me at Benfica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. And if you don't use those two and you got Facebook, just put in your search Mr. Space Benfica and you will find my page. All right, let's go to round five now after the international break. Like we said in the news segment, a couple injuries were picked up. Um, between these two matches, most notably Florentino Luiz with the meniscus injury. He is out of the lineup. A little bit surprising with where Bruno Lage went in the lineup in this match. Let's go first to the Gil Vicente lineup playing in a 4-2-3-1. You've got the goalkeeper, Dennis, the Brazilian in goal. Across the back, Fernando Fonseca. Rodrigo, Igor Nogueira, and Ruben Fernandes. Uh, double holding mid, João Afonso and William Suarez. Uh, the three midfield in front of him, Samuel Dias, Linu. Brozindar, Krajev, the Bulgarian, and Yves Barayi. And the striker was Sandro Lima. Befica in a 4-4-2 for Bruno Leij. Uh, in goal, as always, Odi. Lacodimos, the defenders Andre Almeida, Ruben Dias, Ferru, and Grimaldo in midfield. Pizzi, Tarapt, Feja makes his return to the starting lineup. What is it, about 10 months later? <laughs> um, at least in the league game. Feja returns to the starting lineup in a somewhat surprising decision by Bruno Lage. Um, he pairs up with Tarapt, and Rafa plays on the left, and once again, the 
same old <laughs> pair of strikers that we've been going with all season that are yet to really produce anything. This this uh, this tandem, Seferovic and RDT are the strikers, and Bruno Lage continues to insist on these two together um, up front. It is becoming a bit annoying, and it's becoming a bit um, a bit aggravating for the fan base. I think to see these two guys week after week just continue to be put out there. These two guys have such similar capabilities, such similar qualities. Um, I'm frustrated for Raul de Tomas at this point, RDT. We paid 20 million euros for this guy, and we're trying to adapt him to another position. I don't think that's the right decision. Um, for the, Like I said in the last episode, I'm for the first time starting to really question some of the decisions Bruno Lage is making. Um, you know, I rode the gravy train all season last year for Bruno Lage, and everything he did last year, every decision he made seemed to, to just turn to gold. Um, this one this year doesn't seem like it's going to go that way. It seems like it's a little bit back to earth here. And um, I don't know. I can't explain why he's so insistent on the, this setup with these two forwards. Um, I don't think this is the best the best Benfica you can put on put out on the field. But nonetheless, whether it's his own decision, whether he's being stubborn, whether he's just being loyal, whether he is out of ideas, or whether someone else is forcing the matter and someone else is forcing these two onto the field and it's and perhaps it's out of his hands, I don't know. I'm not in that staff. I'm not in the ba in the back room. I don't know uh, why this is persisting, but Anyhow, it is persisting. Um, Seferovic and RDT once again up top together. And um, we'll move to the third minute as Ferru will foul Barai. And that is the Portuguese defender's first foul of the season on his return from international duty. Uh, he had not committed a foul yet this season. Um, Ferru, that is, of course. And in the seventh minute, Barai concedes a corner kick to be taken by PZ. PZ's corner finds the head of Ferru, but his um but on his return from international duty, the young Portuguese defender heads the ball over the bar. No harm done for um Gil Vicente, but Befica make their mark early in the game that they are uh here to, to they're here to to make a statement. At least you hope that they'd be and still in the eighth minute Pizzi breaks in, and he is taken down by Igor Nugueda, the Gil Vicente center back. The Brazilian brings down the reigning assist king and the current uh, goal-scoring leader in the league, and the referee points to the spot. Pizzi steps up to take the penalty as usual, does his stutter step, but this time Dennis stays put, causing Pizzi to change his mind on where to shoot at the last minute, and instead of going to the keeper's left where he normally goes, he found he decided to go to the keeper's right. That's where Dennis was, and the goalkeeper reacted quickly and guessed correctly, I suppose, as uh, he was there first, and the penalty kick was saved by Gil Vicente, Brazilian goalkeeper. And that seemed to be like a... Seem to be like a roadblock, or like a like we say in Portuguese, um balde água fria, the an ice 
bath for Benfica because they started well, but the missed penalty takes a lot of air out of the sails of the Eagles um, as they begin to look uninspired. We're in the 20th minute. Grimaldo's cross finds the shortest player on the pitch. That's Rafa, of course. Rafa heads the ball, but the winger's header is harmless and goes well wide of Dennis's goal. 22nd minute. Grimaldo plays it plays into Seth. But the Swiss international defender is deemed offside by the linesman. 29th minute, Igor Nugueda fouls RDT in Befica's half of the pitch. And Gilles, Brazilian defender, having a horrendous night for himself. And it was only going to get worse for him. He is issued a yellow card and it is the first caution of the match. It is, of course, Igor Nugueda of Gilles Vicente. 30th minute. Fernando Fonseca concedes a corner to Benfica. Pizzi takes the corner, finds the head of Harry Seferovic, but his header is saved in the bottom right corner by Dennis, keeping the nil-nil the result, preserving it at this point. 38th minute, Pizzi's right-footed shot from the right side of the goal area, a.k.a. the small box, is saved by Dennis as Pizzi connects on a cross from his Portugal national teammate, Rafa, and um, it's not the last we'd see of these guys, but we have talked this season about this connection between these two players, these two teammates that know each other quite well, um, and they are national team teammates as well. 41st minute, João Afonso of Gil Vicente with a right-footed effort for the visitors, but it misses to Odie's left. 45th minute now on on the edge of halftime, it is the man of the hour, if you will, uh, Adel Tarapt, with a killer diagonal ball. Played to the right side, he finds Andre Almeida, whose first time cross is intended for RDT, who looks set to, to tap in his first goal uh, as a Benfica player. But the pass is broken up at the very last second by an all-or-nothing slide from Igor Nugueda. The only problem with that for the Brazilian defender was by breaking up the, the cross, he puts the ball by his goalkeeper and into the empty goal. And it is the third own goal in Benfica's favor in two matches. Benfica on the board first due to the own goal, but absolutely that ball is headed for Raul de Tomas. And all he has to do is push it into the empty net as the goalkeeper's out of position. Um, and it would have been 1 0 on the credit of Raul de Tomas. Instead, however, it is an own goal given to Igor Nugueira. And like I said, his night was only getting <laughs> was only getting started when he was booked minutes earlier. And that takes us to halftime as it is 1-0 to Benfica at the half. Um, the, a substitute for Vitor Oliveira at halftime as he would send on former Benfica youth product, um, Seychelles graduate, if you will, Romario Balde. It comes in for Samuel Diaz Linu. And it didn't take long for Rafa, who was fouled by Krajev, and the Bulgarian's name would go in the book in the 46th minute as he sees a yellow card as well. 48th now, Romario Balde finds Krajev, who tries his luck on goal, but his shot is far too high to trouble the Greece international goalkeeper, Odysseus Vlakodimos. 
52nd minute now, following a corner. The ball is played back out wide to Grimaldo, down the, on the right side of the attack. Grimaldo taking the in-swinging corner, of course. And he sends another in-swinging left-footed cross. And this time it's Peasy who gets on the end of it. And with his left foot volley, he beats Dennis to make it 2-0. He beats him to the short post. And the stadium is on its feet as Benfica take a 2-0 lead in the 52nd minute. Peasy makes up for his missed penalty and scores his league-leading sixth goal of the season. 67th minute, RDT left foot, left, sorry, RDT's left footed shot is blocked by by the Gilles backline. 69th minute, it's Odie with a save on Krayev again. Um, second effort is close but wide to Odie's right. The Bulgarian uh, making a, giving a good account of himself in this match. And, um, and he seems to be an interesting player and he's, he seems to be quite a, a decent player and definitely has um, a level to play in this league and perhaps to play on one of the better teams in this league. Um, I, I left with a pretty good impression of the Bulgarian midfielder. Benfica will make a sub in the 70th and it is Kai Lucas, CL7, entering. Rafa leaves, um, perhaps with an eye on the Champions League. Uh, Bruno Lage taking him out to, to rest him. Perhaps, um, as Benfica, as we know, has RB Leipzig on Tuesday, September the 17th. Um, a few minutes later, Benfica again go to the substitutes bench. As Jota will come on for Raul de Tomas for RDT. And 77th minute, William Swaj has shown a yellow card for a foul on Pizzi. 79th minute, Yves Barai gets a yellow card of his own for a foul on Jota. We're in the 80th minute now, and Tarapt finds Caio Lucas, whose shot is just high and wide. In the 81st minute, on a substitution for Vitor Oliveira in charge of Gil Vicente, of course, on their return to the first division. Um, he brings on Leo Cordeiro as he would replace João Afonso. 84th minute, Seth's right-footed effort is close, but wide right. 89th, a yellow card shown to Jota for a bad foul on Krayev. And that would be the end of the, the, end of the events in this match, although Tomáš Tavares ready to make his Benfica debut. He's at the center line, ready to come in. But the five minutes of stoppage time play out without the ball going out of play. And thus, Benfica unable to sub in Tomáš Tavares and give him uh, his first team debut at Benfica. Match ends 2-0 to Benfica. As uh, let's uh, go to the stats now. Uh, in possession, Benfica with a sizable advantage. 64% to 36%. Um, for Gilles, uh, total shots 13 for Benfica, 8 for Gilles, big chances 2 for Benfica, 1 for Gilles Vicente, accurate passes, Benfica would double um, Gilles Vicente in that field, or in that stat I should say, um, Benfica with 538 accurate passes to 273, a success rate of 85% for Benfica and 79% for Gilles Vicente, 13 fouls to each team in this match. 
Nine corners for Benfica, seven for Gil Vicente. Each team was offside three times. There were 123 duels in this match. And Benfica won 65 to Gil Vicente, 58 duels won. One yellow card for Benfica, four for Gil Vicente. While Dennis had three saves and Odysseus had one. So we'll go to the goal point rating now. And then I'll give my final thoughts on this match. Gilles players and their ratings. Goalkeeper Dennis, 6.6. Fernando Fonseca, 5.4. Rodrigo with the team best, 6.6 as well. Um, Start as the man of the match on the goal point. Igor Nugueto with a 4.7. Ruben Fernandes, 5.8. Samuel Linu with 4.4. João Afonso with 4.6. Swarj 6.2, Krayev 5.0, and Barai 5.1 with Sandro Lima 5.9. Benfica's ratings and goal for uh, Benfica was OD. He earned a 5.1 in the clean sheet. Grimaldo was um, goal points man of the match at least with a 7.2. Fehu 5.8, Ruben Dias 5.6, Andre Almeida with a 5.3. Rafa 6.1, Tarapt 6.7, Fasia 6.0, Beezy 6.7, Sef 6.0, and RDT 5.0. The substitutes, um, two, the two substitutes that came on earned themselves ratings as well. They were on long enough. Uh, Caio Lucas 5.5 and Jota 4.8. And of course, Tomas Tavares did not get onto the field. Um, and once again, goal point statistically has someone else as the man of the match versus what Liganaj said. Liganaj once again gives the man of the match award to Adel Tarapt. Um and I'm I'm wondering again who is picking this because yes he had a very good game and he made the the deadly pass that or the driven diagonal that gave Befica the the first and the winning goal. But and he had a much better game than he did in Braga. But, um, again, Grimaldo earning a 7.2. And he also, also on on uh, FopMob, it found PZ as the man of the match again. Um, and not Tarapt, even though PZ missed the penalty kick. Um, but yet, Liga Naj giving it to Tarapt and... Well, Tarapt, at least you can say that he is confident and uh, he is doing good things out there. I mean, i still very concerned with his where he is positionally, defensively. Uh, going into the Champions League, I'm very concerned about how he's going to match up and if he's going to be able to fulfill any, his defensive duties and whether or not he's going to continue to track. He is, he's got a high work rate. He, he works very hard. I'm not going to knock that. I'm not going to dispute that. But does he have the quality to go up against the kinds of holding midfielders you see in the Champions League? We'll find that out real quick. But um, Liganage again recognizing him as the man of the match. And um, a solid performance, I thought, from Vitor Oliveira's Gil Vicente team. Um, if you don't know, uh, he is normally a coach who takes the job of getting teams promoted from the Pro Liga, from the second division, 
and then kind of not going with them to the first division. All but one, I believe. All but one of the times he's he has promoted a team, uh, he has stayed behind. He did follow, I believe he followed... F- uh, one one promoted team he followed into the first division. I honestly don't remember which team that was, but he did not last very long as the coach in the first division. I know he's gotten Tondela promoted. He's gotten Shavs promoted. He's gotten um, he's gotten Fumalicão promoted, if I'm not mistaken. No, I'm sorry, not Fumalicão. He's gotten Ferenc promoted in the past. Um, He's also led Chaputivas uh, Avj, if I'm not mistaken. He has basically the job is when a team gets relegated, it seems like he's the guy they call to bring them back up to the first division. So um, very surprised that he took on this very challenging project of taking Gil Vicente from the third division, from the Campeonato de Portugal. And um, taking him to the first division in one off season, um, as we know now, the Court of Arbitration for Sport uh, gave essentially gave Gilles Vicente their spot back in the first division that they ruled was ro- they were wrongly relegated all those years ago in the Mateusz uh, scandal uh, when they were found guilty at the time of playing an illegal player, which ducked them points and got them relegated. Um, all these years later, the the court has reinstated them in the first division, um, and they took Vitor Oliveira as as their manager. And this is a daunting task. They basically have a brand new team. Um, from what I understand, they reported to camp where the players didn't even know each other's names by the time they're ready to play the first game, um, and they were in danger of not even being able to field the team, according to uh, PortugueseSoccer.com. I believe is where I heard that they were at a point at one time where they didn't even have enough players registered in order to to put the team in the first division, to register for the first division. They had to scramble at the last minute to sign enough players to to field the team. So with all that considered, you know, we're at week five. They've beaten Football Club do Porto. They had a respectable match against Benfica. They've got a couple other draws in there. I believe they're on four points right now, which, um, you know, the magic number to stay up is typically 30 to 35 points. So they got four. They got about 25, 26 to 30 points to go. But we'll see if Vitor Oliveira can can keep this team growing and keep them together and if they can go pull some results they've had a very tough uh first five weeks obviously having to play both porto and Benfica within the first five weeks but we will see how this team does over the course of the season it will be very interesting um from Benfica's point of view uh not a great game okay not a great game um but like i said three much needed points especially on the back end of the international break Always very concerned I am about uh, Benfica in these matches, and when you got a team that's had the extra time to prepare for you the way Gil Vicente had an extra week to prepare for them, you knew it was going to be tough. But um, I'm not seeing enough imagination from Benfica this season. There, there's something lacking there, and I'm still waiting to see who can be injected. Um, it's very frustrating that Bruno Lage is rolling out essentially the same guys match after match. He's He's starting to fall into a Rui Vitoria pattern of just trusting the same guys over and over and over 
when um, it clearly looks like change is needed. Um, he's making changes when there's an injury, but the, the, the only time someone's you know being dropped is when they're injured. So uh, another tough match next week. Benfica's going on the road to Moreira dos Conegros, and they're going to play against Moreirense next week on the road. And um, hoping for a better performance from Benfica. They have played better on the road this season than they have at home. So, at least for another week, if they can keep that trend going. Of course, there's Champions League game midweek this week. And then midweek next week, we have the Tasa da Liga um, at home, I believe, against Vitória Guimarães. The only match we're going to play at home in the Tasa da Liga. So, got to get three points. But at the same time, hopefully we will see some different players playing in that match. So, the next week really is loaded. Three matches, you know, in, in a span of a week. Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, um, and then you know another another league match on this on the weekend again. But for right now, we're not looking any further than that. Um, Benfica, loads of injuries. You know, taking loads of injuries again. Fortunately, Chiquinho is not available to go play against his former club, um, and I think Chiquinho really is 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 a guy that's going to be crucial for this team when he comes back in the second half of the season. If they're going to insist, if Brunelage is going to insist on playing a 4-4-2, then Chiquinho needs to be the supporting forward, playing in behind, um, supporting the forward. Or or you can use Tarap there when Gabriel gets back. That That's a possibility. Um, Jota can also play there. You know, Caio Lucas, you got to find some time for this guy. He Every time he comes on, he makes some things happen. This match was no different, all right? And um, David Tavares is on his way back from injury. Like I said, he was in the squad for the match um, against RB Leipzig on Wednesday the 17th. Today, um, all right, little disclaimer, uh, I stopped recording to watch that match. So I have watched the match against RB Leipzig. And um, I won't talk about it on this on this podcast. It'll be on the next episode. But... Um, Yes, RB Leipzig and uh, Benfica played today, just a few hours ago, in the UEFA Champions League. So the matches, you know, are there's some fixture congestion going on right now, and Bruno Lage has to man has to manage uh, this squad a little bit better, in my opinion. He has to manage playing time a little bit better. Um, right now, he's just rolling out the same guys, making the same substitutions, and it's starting to get a little bit frustrating. It's it's a little worrisome because. Even with victories, the team is just not playing as well as as we were last year. The team doesn't seem as hungry. They seem to lack a little garra, a little fome de jugar. You know, a little, a little. They're not deadly in front of goal the way they were last year. They're squandering chances. Um, so I, I'm I'm concerned, and I'm hoping that it's uh, coming Saturday against Moreirense will be a better a better showing, and obviously. We must get the results. Uh, this week, Porto gets a lucky victory. Um, I post, I put on my Instagram a picture of the <laughs> the placa, the board showing the stoppage time, the extra time, and it just says it shows a fourth official holding up the board, and then instead of a number for the time, it says "até marcar o Porto" until Porto scores. They were given like six minutes of stoppage time. It went past that. It went to seven or eight before Porto scores a winning goal and luckily get out of Portimão, beating their own B team, essentially, the Portimonense. Uh, very, very 
frustrating. So uh, Benfica can't afford to drop points. Porto is getting all the luck again. They're getting helped. They're getting <laughs> they're getting all the stoppage time in the world that they need. Um, and it's Benfica just has to keep pace with them at this stage. I think the fixture congestion is going to hurt Porto more than Benfica in the long run. But Benfica's got to get over this stage here. Um, as they do have the advantage of playing on weekends going forward on European weeks. They'll play on Tuesday or Wednesday and then get a game in the weekend. Whereas Porto is going to be playing on Thursdays and playing either Sunday or Monday depending on the calendar. Um, so Benfica just has to keep pace and wait really wait for Porto to drop points. They're going to slip up. They're not as strong of a team. They're not as good as they looked against Benfica. Benfica did a, went a long way to make Porto look better than they are. Um, they played right into Porto's strengths, and they played right into their game plan. Um, Porto are well coached, but I don't think they have enough quality and or consistency to keep that up all season. There is no reason, you know, Benfica can't can't uh, get back in front. They need to just stay consistent, and Porto will eventually lose points. That's my opinion, at least. But there are things in this Benfica team I'm very concerned about, and. Um, well, we'll have to wait and see. So the next episode, 29, will be regarding the Champions League. Okay, you can expect that this weekend. And hopefully also around the same time, finally, my review of the Women's Super Cup uh, match. Benfica versus Braga um, in women's football, of course. Uh, Benfica winning the Super Cup in their first ever appearance in the competition. And... Um, we, uh, <laughs> I'm going to do everything I can to get that recorded as soon as possible uh, so I can get that out to you. Also, I got a lot to work, of work to do on the Jata Jata project, uh, falling way behind on that. Um, I've had so much work to do in my job, and, uh, and my both of my jobs are very busy right now. We're going right into as Q4, quarter four is right around the corner, and that is the busiest quarter of the year for me. It is uh, an absolute um, locura, to use the Portuguese word, as I am about to begin working about 80 hours a week. And I'm going to have to find some time in there also to keep recording these podcasts because I want to keep this content coming to you. I don't want to lose my listeners. Um, I appreciate every single one of you, of course. And thank you to everyone that reaches out every week and that, you know, uh, brings forth some questions. Um, who's interested in getting my take on different things. I do appreciate all the interaction. And that really will do it for episode 28. Alright, so that's going to be it. Um, stay tuned to this Mr. Benfica uh, channel, of course, or this feed. As, like I said, there is more stuff coming up in the coming days. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Força Benfica. Carrega Benfica. Dam U. 38. Goodbye, everybody. I am your host, signing off. Mike the Mike Agustinho, a.k.a. The Mister. We'll see you next time. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Mr. Mike Agostino with a little bonus content for you this this episode, all right? Before we go this week, I am going to give you some statistics. We're going to go over the table, where it stands after five rounds in the Liga Nage, all right? So, the surprise of the season, the talk of the, uh, of, of the league this season 
In first place is Fumili Cone with 13 points. They got a big match coming up this weekend at Alvalad against Sporting. And Sporting will be missing Bruno Fernandes, who saw two yellow cards this past Sunday against Boavista. Second place with 12 points right now is Porto. Benfica also on 12 points in third. Porto with the head-to-head, putting them ahead of Benfica for the time being. Fourth place is Boa Vista, returning among the big boys, perhaps. Nine points for the Panteras Negras. Uh, Sporting Club Portugal in front of two other teams that all have eight points. Sporting in fifth, Tondela sixth, and Santa Clara representing... Uzasurge in 7th place, all with 8 points. Riwav and Morenes with 7 points. They're 8th and ninth respectively. Morenes, of course, Benfica's next opponent in the Liga Nage. 10th place belongs to Vitoria Guimarães, 1 point ahead of Vitoria Stubol, Bulanish Saad, and Gil Vicente, who all have 5 points. Portimonense, Maritimo, and Braga with four points each. That has Braga in 16th place. Is Sapinto's job on the line? Uh, we'll see what happens in the next coming matches, but Sapinto has to really be feeling the pressure right now at Braga. Braga are a big club. They're in the Europa League, um, League sta- the Europa League group stages. They cannot be in 16th place. Um, I don't think they're going to stay there necessarily. They're only... Five points out of their usual fourth place, the, their, what their home has been the, for the better part of the past decade. But um, if they don't get things going soon, they, they could fall too far behind some of these these newcomers in the top half of the table. Sportif de Zavs is 17th in the relegation zone with three points. And Passos de Ferreira, the defending second division champions in last place with just one point. They, of course, like I said, now being coached by Peppa, and he's picked up their first point. The top, the golden boot race is already heating up in round five. Benfica's PZ is the top scorer right now with six goals. Porto's Zeluis has five, and, and family comes Fabio has four. Bruno Fernandes has three, as does Taremi, Marega, Danielson, Mohamidi, and Philippe Augusto. In the assists race, it is Bruno Fernandes with four already, and 14 players currently have two uh, assists each, so too many to go through. That's a little bit of where the stats are uh, this week in the Liga Nage. Um... Stay tuned to this space, and next week we'll update the, st- the table and the, the statistical leaders once again. Now, for real, signing off for the final time in episode 28, I am the Mr. Mike Agostino. Find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. on Instagram at Mr. Benfica, and on Facebook by simply searching Mr. Benfica. That's it for this week, guys. We'll see you next week. Tam U 38. Que rega bem fica.